Welcome to the podcast that takes you back in time to rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. Get ready to go beyond the bell. Beyond the bell. With your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. If you're ready for the Stone Cold Chronicles, give me a hell yeah. Welcome to Beyond the Bell. And I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. We are back with season two of BTB as we present the Stone Cold Chronicles, the history of of the Hall of Fame career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Throughout this journey of season two, we will take you in chronological order throughout Steve Austin's career. And on the first episode of season two, we will take you back in time to relive the early days of Steve Austin's life and career leading up to the years 1990 through 1992. This inaugural edition covers the very beginning and relives the historic early stages of Austin's Hall of Fame career. From his training with gentleman Chris Adams, leading him to his arrival in the USWA and then straight into his debut in World Championship Wrestling, this edition covers the early years of Steve Austin's illustrious career. Follow stunning Steve Austin through World Championship Wrestling as he wins his first major championship and forms a dangerous alliance with Paul E. Dangerously. You will listen to old school interviews and promos from a young Steve Austin and retro audio featuring Paul Heyman, Tom Zenk, Barry Windham, and many more. So fans, sit back, relax, and open up some Steve Weisers as we are getting ready to relive the Hall of Fame career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. 80stees.com Wearing one of their retro wrestling t-shirts will make you feel like a kid again. Like on the day you busted open your LJN Wrestling Superstars rubber action figures it won't make you feel as good as the day you got the ljn wrestling ring let's not kid ourselves here but you could still get yourself these awesome tees featuring the most legendary wrestling superstars such as the immortal hulk hogan rowdy rowdy piper the ultimate warrior macho man randy savage Dusty Rhodes, and many, many more. All of their tees provide a vintage look and feel. You can even be involved in the production process as you can crowdfund your favorite designs. 80stees.com. Delight and amaze the kid in us all. It is now time to go beyond the bell.
Psalms talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. does what he wants, what he wants, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. There is no doubt that Steve Williams has achieved what almost every other professional wrestler has dreamed. Few careers have been grander than the Rattlesnakes. He led the charge of the World Wrestling Federation, now known, of course, as the WWE, when they needed him most. Stone Cold Steve Austin has arguably become one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, matching the popularity of guys like Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair, among others. He created the attitude of a generation. Success. It is not a given. It is not a guarantee. Feel what it's like to be destined for success. It does not come easy. If it comes at all. To achieve success, you must take it. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest WWE champion of all time. Steve is the biggest star in the wrestling business I've ever been around. He single-handedly revolutionized an entire business. He carried this company out of the wilderness and into the promised land. You know, the WWE was something you had to see because you had to see what Stone Cold was up to. There's guys that are synonymous with this industry, and he is in that group. And it's a very select, elite, count-on-one-hand list. Everyone who has anything to do with any piece of this should know that Steve Austin not only should be in the Hall of Fame, if they're ever going to give somebody their own wing, it should be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Talk about your songs. Talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Anti-authority. Kicking everybody's ass in his path. Everybody wanted to punch their boss in the mouth. 
but Austin did it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the greatest stars in professional wrestling history. We look back on what made Stone Cold number one. In this Chronicle series, we'll exclusively look back at the wrestling career of Steve Austin. But of course, there had to be a childhood for a superstar that developed him into the man that he was the day he started in the industry. So very briefly, let's look back at the childhood of Steve Austin. Stone Cold was born Steve Anderson. He came into the world on a frigid day in Austin, Texas, on December 18th, 1964. It was about 18 degrees when I left home to go to the hospital. And he was born the 18th. It's kind of a member there. <laughs> Just adorable. Had that darn little pug nose and blonde hair, big blue eyes. He was the second of three sons. His parents divorced when he was a toddler. His mother Beverly married Ken Williams, who adopted Scott, Steve, and Kevin. I think the thing that made it work was the fact that uh, I was to the age that, that I really needed a family. Uh, and. Uh, I think they needed a father, uh, and, and so that's what made it work for both of us, uh, and, and, and we did truly uh, have a very happy life and a lot of fun growing up. They lived in the tiny farming town of Edna, 120 miles south of Houston. It was a great place to grow up for a boy who loved the outdoors. Dad took us hunting, did everything that you know, pretty normal people do in South Texas, and uh, fished, you know, almost every weekend with, with uh, my dad and, and stuff like that. So, man, I don't have a whole lot to, to gripe about. Steve received a lot of attention. The most important influence in his young life were his mother and father. I probably got the best parents in the world. And definitely with the yes ma'am, uh, no ma'am type stuff. That's the way my parents raised me. You know, I'm, I'm not a thief and I, I, I still say yes ma'am, no ma'am. I think some ladies get best, a lot of ladies get mad when you say stuff like that. That tone, depending on the age. But they can correct me if they don't like it. But pretty much that's the way I was brought up. The Williams weren't strict, but swearing in particular and bad behavior in general weren't tolerated. Ken and Beverly rarely had cause for concern. Steve and his brothers were well-mannered and well-adjusted boys. We had to, you know, all fit in and, and do our bit with the trash, the dishes, the beds, you know, the basic things. Uh, but Steve always did those things, and uh, we had to remind him less. The Williams family grew when Jeff and then Jenny were born. All five children were involved in after-school activities. Little League was an early interest for Steve. He was a natural. Steve also loved football. 
His obvious talents made him a prime prospect when he was barely a teenager. We uh, spotted him in junior high when he was playing on the junior high teams as being a uh, and having a lot of potential as an athlete just from the way he was built. He really developed at an early age and has always been a, a good-looking athlete. He caught the attention of her girlfriend, Kathy, too. But at Aetna High School, sports and studies were his focus. Steve became a champion discus thrower and all-district football player. His tolerance for pain was evident even then. He was our best running back, and we had another good running back. Those two ran together accidentally. The uh, other running back was, was knocked out and couldn't play at all. And Steve had a real bad thigh bruise from the collision, and he was able to play very little, and as the game went on, we had to, had to take him out. He didn't want to come out. The only one who pushed Steve was Steve himself. Motivated by a desire to be the best, he took care of his body by eating right and working out, even when he didn't have to. He lifted weights religiously, uh, either at school or out on the patio or up in the garage, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, he was always interested in eating the right stuff and drinking the right things. As page after page of his yearbook document, Steve was well-rounded. He was a member of the National Honor Society and a class leader. Steve Williams was the picture of the all-American boy. He was a very polite, uh, easygoing. He was everybody's friend. Uh, he was very successful at everything he tried, yet you know, there was no conceit or no uh, arrogance whatsoever. He was admired by all of his teachers, all his classmates rival schools. Steve never tried to be popular. He just was. He handled the adulation with grace, though deep down he was reserved, if not even a little shy. And I can remember either me or one of my brothers having to call like Dairy Queen to order his food. He wouldn't even talk on the phone and order his own food. I tell that story to everybody, they think it's so hilarious. In 1983, Steve entered Wharton County Junior College and then transferred to North Texas State University. Letters home revealed the protective concerns of a big brother who urged his little sister to be careful when riding her bike. As sure as Steve was about his love of family, he was uncertain about his future. The doubts led Steve to eventually quit school. I was working on a freight dock, you know, I was making 12 bucks an hour, which is good money for working on a freight dock. I just, you know, uh, dropped out of college. I had 18 hours to go, and uh, I got burned out on research papers. Steve had been taught to do his best. Expectations were high. For the first time in his life, Steve's parents were disappointed in him. Education is a very important thing, particularly these days. Uh, and uh, I, I was—I just thought uh, anyone that was that close to getting a degree really should have uh, gone on and gotten it, to tell you the truth. But uh, I, it hasn't been a handicap <laughs> with him now. Steve worked on the loading dock in Dallas for about two years, where his bosses hoped to groom him for a job in management. Then the nine to five thing—so many—I I get a short attention span. 
And uh, sometimes I, I get bored with things. It was just time for me to, to, to try this thing out. This thing was wrestling. I used to watch Houston wrestling. I'd turn wrestling on, and everybody would say, oh, turn wrestling off. We want to watch something else. And I said, well, just let me watch wrestling, and then we'll watch whatever you want to watch. And I never had a clue. I, I, never, even, I never even saw him watch it, I don't think, when we were growing up. So I, I didn't ever have a clue. What, I don't know if I even thought about what he'd do, but I never dreamed he would be doing this. Nothing really explains Steve's decision to wrestle. He never really said until, until later on that he was interested in wrestling. And, you know, everybody that becomes interested in any kind of entertainment, you know that their odds of them making it are, are very, uh, very small. So I never really gave it much, you know, serious thought. But, uh, well, he did. <laughs> I think that was uh, deep down the, uh, what he really wanted to do is, is just get in the entertainment business. So Steve Williams gave it a shot, and at the age of 24, went to work in the most unconventional of professions. Steve Austin began his wrestling career under his own name, Steve Williams, training out of Chris Adams' Texas Pro Wrestling School. He debuted in December of 1989, only seven days before his 25th birthday, and he came out victorious. He defeated Frogman LeBlanc. Williams would only wrestle a few more times under his real name. This was due to him wanting to change it so that he would not be confused with Dr. Death Steve Williams, a growing star in the wrestling business. He soon became known as Steve Austin, a name that has followed him his entire wrestling career. Austin began making a name for himself in the United States Wrestling Association, where he briefly teamed with his teacher-slash-coach, Chris Adams. The two soon broke up and had a wild feud throughout 1990, especially after Austin began coming out with Adams' ex-wife, Janie Clark. With Percy Pringle as his manager, Austin became one of the toughest heels in the USWA. Danny Davis is going to be on his way to the ring here in just a moment, and he's going to be battling uh, stunning Steve Austin, who is... See if we can get Steve over here. Steve, if you don't mind, Steve and, and Jeannie is with him. If we can get him over here for just a moment. This man has been named Rookie of the Year by Professional Wrestling Illustrated. That's uh, what uh, Jeff Jarrett was named Rookie of the Year some time ago, and you have just been named Rookie of the Year. Exactly, exactly. I am the Rookie of the Year for 1990, and things have been going real well for me and Jeannie. But uh, what I want to talk about, the only reason I am here today, the only reason I am in the Mid-South, is because of that Southern title that Jeff Jarrett's got around his waist. 